0: Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, Certified Conversion Copywriter and Founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table, where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. My guest today is Laura Templeton. Laura is a global speaker and the best-selling author of 30 Second Success, Ditch the Pitch and Start Connecting. Laura is a brand communications strategist and a co-conspirator to evolving consultants and service providers who are stepping into creating something bigger, more powerful, and imaginative, one that requires a framework and value-based communications. Laura inspires audiences around the world to dig deep and find the words that define who they are and how they serve others. Helping business owners and professionals lead with love and compassion is her passion and her mission. She's also a certified USA archery instructor. She loves shooting, competing, and teaching people of all ages. And we get into that a bit in this interview today. So other topics we cover is what is the story behind the 30-second success book? And what made her write it? I ask her a lot of questions about the backstory there. And then also when working with clients, she talks about what she feels is the biggest challenge. And most importantly, she focuses on creating valuable connections. So why is it so important to have these connections and what are some of the steps that we can do to get started making better connections let's jump right in hey laura thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today i really appreciate it it's gonna be a lot of fun i have i have one question right out of the gate i i noticed that you call yourself your the, the chief instigator and that you're you define yourself as a you say you're a co-conspirator to evolving consultants. And I'm like, okay. And you also teach your certified USA archery instructor. So I'm like, okay, so she's an instigator, she's a co-conspirator. Sounds like a lot of covert ops. I'm kind of nervous that well, I would be nervous if we were in person.
1: <laughs> so maybe. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. The arts
0: ring that really um, interesting to me, the only sport I ever did in high school that I actually liked. Uh, do you still do it? Are you still? I do.
1: I do. Yes. My yeah. Uh, so the cheap instigator is an homage to my dad. My dad was one of those people that he could, no matter where you were, strike up a conversation with a total stranger and just by asking really great questions. So I learned very early on as a child to just have conversations with people and ask lots of investigative questions. And so I, my, we would always tease my dad about being an instigator. And I, I own that title with with pride because it's something that I'm really proud of, of that I, I learned from my dad very early on. So, And then as far as being a co-conspirator, I love digging into people's businesses Hi. Love helping them really see themselves for who they are, see them the way I see them, see them the way the world sees them. Because sometimes, you know, especially small business owners and entrepreneurs play it small because they don't experience life from someone else's eyes. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. So being able to be a reflective mirror for them, helping them go deeper, really experience what it would be like to to be able to do the work that they love to do and work with the clients they want to work with. You know, sometimes you have to have someone who will align themselves with you and push you forward. And that's what I love to do with, with clients and people that I meet. The archery is something that I absolutely love to do. It's my Zen. My husband and I have been shooting side by side for years. We shot with our kids when our kids were younger and growing up. We're all certified archery instructors. My kids have let their certifications lap, but my husband and I keep ours up to date because we just love teaching and anybody that wants to learn how to shoot archery we're right there. I mean I've taught 5-year-olds, I've taught adults, it doesn't matter as long as they can hold a bow or even if they need a little bit of help, I'm happy to do it. It's just one of those sports that I feel anybody can do and you can do alongside of your kids. So it's it's really interesting, you know, it's one of the few family sports that's out there mm-hmm. that people can enjoy together with their children and I've I've watched dads and daughters in competitions, you know, watching my own daughter and my husband enjoy the sport together has been amazing. And yes, both of my grandbabies have their first bows already. They haven't started shooting yet, but they're ready. I keep saying to my daughter, they're five and six. We've taught five and six year olds, and you used to love teaching five and six year olds. That's wow. Well, taught- it's just not a sport you hear about too often no
0: you, know, you don't at all uh, no but yeah so when people talk about their target audience you're like you're thinking to yourself you don't even know what that is to me
1: <laughs> yeah I, I like I know what a target is yeah I don't know what
0: is. <laughs> well yeah well, let's, I want to jump into your book and the story behind it so what is the story behind your book the 30 second success dish the pitch and start connecting how did that all come about
1: so my book really was a culmination of a lot of the work that I do with business owners and, and professionals and understanding that deep need for someone to have a 30-second message for networking and video. And I started teaching it. And it's, it's based on the courses that I've designed. It, it's funny because I, I wrote I did the courses first, then I created a workbook to go with the courses, then I created a book. So it's kind of like reverse. Most people do the book first and create everything else. I went back, I went back, the opposite way. Um, but putting my book out there just really gives an opportunity to get it into the hands of people. And my book is really designed to help people understand that there's a simple formula to create your 30-second message, which I teach from stage. I teach it in my book. I teach it in classes and workshops. I give it all away. I want people to have that formula, but more importantly, it, it talks about connection, creating connection, going beyond the 30 second message. Really understanding the purpose of your 30 second message. It's not to attract people to your business. It's not the sales pitch. That's the misconception a lot of people have when they're networking or even when they're creating a video that talks about their business. It's not about you. It's about who's your ideal client. It's understanding your ideal client in a deep way that connects with them emotionally. When you start to tell someone else's story and, and it becomes relatable to them, then they're attracted to having a deeper conversation with you. And it's very powerful to be able to do that. But then taking that to the next step, what do you do when someone when you've got someone's attention? What do you do when somebody wants to have a conversation with you? It's just like even sit so on social media. You know, I'm using the, the DM all the time, messaging people. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. That don't do that. Like, wait, when you connect with somebody and you invited somebody to connect with you on LinkedIn and you're not having a conversation with them in the DM and they're like, no, we're just connecting.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, for what purpose? (laughs) Right. And I think it's a little scary because you hear the term pitch slap, you know, where people are so, and that happens to me a lot. People will Mm -hmm. tell it's like a cut and paste DM. It's not even personalized. I think we don't want to be that person. I mean, I'm speaking for myself too. Like I'm hesitant because I, what I try to do is get to know the person a little bit more before I get into anything else. I had somebody, it was uh, a new connection. He had a very interesting approach. In fact, I was going to post the bet that's on LinkedIn. He saw that I lived in Arizona and his DM to me after I reached out to him because I saw we were both in marketing. And he said, do you, um, he said, I heard Scottsdale, Beth." city in arizona agree or disagree what are your thoughts like it was total random thing and i didn't so i laughed to myself and we we ended up going back and forth and and he said how can i support you i said comment on my post i'll comment on yours and he says okay it's been ongoing since then so but that's rare and i think that i mean do you agree that it's there's kind of a fear behind doing that kind of
1: outreach or Absolutely, and it has happened to me multiple times where I've had people that I'll just get on a, I'll put a call with them, and it, like they jump right into selling, Where they tell you that they're not going. I love when they tell you that they're not going to try and sell you anything, but they do right. in a roundabout way. Okay, <laughs> hey, like you really being kind of obvious here. And I find that that happens. It's interesting because I've actually had people ask me if I was. And if, if I was automated, or if it was really me sending messages, I said, "Oh, I must be really sending good messages." If I sound like an automated service,
0: <laughs> I've had people ask. Me
1: that too. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and I think, but I also believe that it people will look at your profile first. Mm-hmm. And when I connect with someone, I always, you know, look at their profile very quickly, just kind of get a feel for who they are. What are they posting? Are they actively posting? Right what are they talking about? Because if it's a genuine person, very authentic, they're putting their part out there, they're really about helping people, then that's who I want to connect with.
0: Right. Yeah. And a lot of people who know what to do on LinkedIn will know that. I mean, it's because it's always, you know, the thing with LinkedIn, and this is a mistake that I, well, just a misconception I had when I really started getting active a couple of years ago on LinkedIn, was that I thought, you know, you just post a link to a blog post or you post an article or I recently got on Sales Navigator and I'm not sure I'm going to keep up with it because I'm looking at the people who are supposed to be a match for my clients, potential clients. And the only posts that I see from them are announcing a new person on staff, uh, a trip. It's all just, it's things for one, I can't really comment on because I don't know these people. I don't know what this thing was. And once in a while, I'll find somebody who's actually very active. People want to connect with people. It's been shown time and again. It's B2B, but it's still people to people. And I think that some people still don't quite get that. Do you feel like that's one of the challenges working with clients? Like, what, what do you get back from clients all the time that you're like, okay, this, is, this comes up a lot as a challenge? Like, what do you see?
1: I think the biggest challenge for a lot of my clients and the, and the audiences that I'm speaking with is the overwhelm. So we're connected. I thought What, what I thought you were going to say about being a LinkedIn navigator is like all of a sudden you're like being connected with all these people and it's like, okay, wait, it's yeah. too much. Because for me and a lot of my clients, they like to build relationships. They like to communicate with people. And it's the idea of how do I I'm going to keep up with this. As my network grows and expands, there are some people that are going to stay top of mind and there's other people that are going to be in and out of your life. Just like your friends, you know, like your friends list. You know, you have friends that stick with you forever. You have friends that are with you for a time. And then there's friends that leave and they come back. So it's very much the same when you're you're networking and building your connections and growing your business on social media. But I think the biggest challenge that I find and a lot of audiences will ask me is, okay, you're telling me that, you know, I need to build my network, build my connections, have all these relationships. How do I manage it from a time perspective? Yeah. Because it can get overwhelming to have four, five, six virtual chats in a day. Yeah. How do you stay on top of that? So there's some active things that you can do to make sure that you're following up, make sure that you're, if you said that you were going to make an introduction, do it right then and there. Don't wait till later because guess what happens? Later never happens. Right. <laughs> later, right. later comes and you've, you're on to something else. And, you know, really being purposeful in your connection requests, being purposeful in what you're offering, being purposeful in how you're helping other people. I'm introducing people constantly. I needs to be
0: introduced instead of just, Reaching out to someone that you connected with because you talk about the same topics, but you've never had a conversation. Well, what do you suggest as like an opening DM for somebody who connected with you? And is it different if I'm the one reaching out or they connect with me?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It is de it is different. If someone sends you an invite to connect, first of all, I always look to see if they've sent me a message as to why they want to connect. And if they didn't send me a message as to why they want to connect, then I'm really curious about their profile. I'll take a look at their profile, see if it's somebody that we have some similarities, speaks my language, is consistently posting, you know, not just there to build their connections up and, and really not delivering you but what are they talking about what are they sharing are they you know are they connected with a lot of people that i know yeah like so if we have a lot of connections in common that's something that i look for but in respect to how do you invite someone to connect i first of all when i invite ask somebody to connect i always send it with a message i always send a message I came across one of your posts. I absolutely love what you had to say. I would like to connect here on LinkedIn, perhaps get to know you a little bit more and see how we can support one another or see if there's an opportunity for us to collaborate. What is what is it that you're looking for from the relationship? You know, if somebody, if you're not, it, unless it's like, oh my gosh, this is somebody who I would love to work with or they serve the same clients as me, perhaps we could have some kind of collaborative opportunity here and you know, just go from there. That's it's just be genuine with your message. That's what I tell people all the time. Just be genuine with your message. Don't make it cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah. You can make templates if it's easier for you to say, okay, I'm going to go in and there's certain group of people that I'm looking to connect with. You know, especially if you're using Navigator, certain group of people use a template, but again, make it personal. Yeah. Don't just you know, make it personal. why are you, why do you want to connect? What are you looking for? I have one that I'm working on right now to try to connect with more speaker vent because I want to get on more speaking stages. So one of the I ask quite a good questions in my connection mm-hmm. requests a lot of times. You know, I ask a question like, are you looking for speakers that speak to both corporate and professionals? Who are your audiences? You know, I'll ask questions about that and how what kind of help do you need in bringing the right speakers to your audience? Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes I get stuck
0: with wondering how to start a conversation. And I think part of it is I, I, sometimes I start conversations in the DMs and it's like you said earlier, it gets to be overwhelming, especially for me, if there's more than one person, cause sometimes it's, it's chit chatty and I'm not like, I just don't want to waste my time or their time, and it's like you know, especially the ones that, that DM you and then just say hi. It's like, uh-huh. what is that about? What do you have? well This is kind of a random question. When you reach out to someone For, and you send a note, because this has happened a number of times, and you think you have a lot in common, and they don't respond and they don't connect, do you give them a certain amount of time? Because I've been doing like after two weeks, if I don't hear anything, I just I withdraw the invitation. Do you have any? suggestions for that or
1: necessarily withdraw the invitation, but I don't spend a whole lot of time on it. I'll, you know, maybe circle back later on. A lot of times people are that. And I think that's why it's important to see if they're posting frequently before you even send them a request, because if they're not posting frequently or commenting, what's their activity like? If you see that every other month they're doing something, then they're not on LinkedIn all that often. Use their email and send them an email message. Most people in their contact information in the header will have an email. If it's somebody you really want to connect with, yeah, send them an email. Hey, I saw your profile on LinkedIn. It seems like you're not super active there, so I thought I'd send you an email. I would love to connect and learn more about your work. Okay,
0: that's a good idea. I, you know, I think part of it, as an introvert, I'm always like... For one, I I value relationships deeply, but I don't connect. I don't like connecting with just random people. I mean, if someone sends me an invite, it's pretty rare that I don't connect, even if it's someone I don't think is a real... Like, I I just... As long as they're not going to pitch me something, it's fine. But yeah, I always think, am I saying, am I getting too aggressive with my outreach? And, you know, like this... I'm thinking of one person in particular who's super active, On LinkedIn, very funny posts. Um, He's a marketing person. I really, and I said, I really enjoy your posts. I get a kick out of your humor. I'd love to connect. Nothing. And I know he's on her all the time. So I withdrew the invitation after a few weeks because to me, it's like, because I know they send reminders. You know, this person is asked, and it's like, okay, he's probably gotten a reminder and I should just quit. So is that, am I quitting too soon? Should I send an email if it's somebody I think, or I just don't know how to interpret silence.
1: You know, it's always a problem. uh, My my feelings are so hurt because he didn't accept my request. No, I get it. I get it. Because, and the other thing you have to remember sometimes people that are posting regularly are not always the ones that are managing their own account. Oh, okay. That could be true. Yeah. So if someone else is managing his account and posting for him, or maybe he has his post scheduled. To be dropped, he may not be. Maybe they're not actively managing his connection requests or or his DM. Yeah, that could
0: be because a lot of people do hire ghost writers. Yeah, or like,
1: yeah. I would just give it a little bit more time and see. Give it a few, a little bit more time, or send him another. Yeah, you know, send him another message. <laughs> hey, what? Don't you like me? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be friends? Yeah, am you too personally is what I'm getting. <laughs> if you can imagine how many people he probably get requests like that from. The other thing too is if you are, I have found that people are more apt, especially people who are considered thought leaders or posting a lot, and they're they've got twenty thousand followers as compared to my five thousand followers. You know, they they get a lot of people messaging them. But if you are actively commenting on their content, they're more apt. To accept your connection request, Mm -hmm. yeah, they are very guard. A lot of a lot of of your higher level thought leaders are very protected of who they allow into their connection requests. I have, you know, and that a lot of times I don't know if you've noticed this. There are some people I'll go to connect with them, and it says, "Oh, you need to know this person's email." I gotta go now. I gotta go to their website and figure out what their email (laughs) is. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's too much work. I just <laughs> play at that point.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, really? You're like that picky about who you connect with? Yeah. Why? Wow, now I definitely need to be on your list.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's that exclusive. I want to be on it. Right.
1: Yeah. I admit I went in. <laughs> if
0: you want in. You you
1: talk about like
0: visual and, and verbal brands needing to be cohesive. So what do you mean by that?
1: So one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is your verbal brand, if you have the right brand message that really resonates with who you are, what you're doing, and the messages that you're getting out there, it becomes the pivotal piece for everything else that you correct. Everything, you could measure everything else. Is it connecting correctly with your brand message? It's like having keywords for your business and saying, okay, does my blog speak to my keywords? Does my blog speak to my message? Does my newsletter letter speak to my message? Does my, do my graphics speak to my message? Does my website say, because if they are not connecting well, you're creating confusion for your audience. I've been branding my business from day one 30-second success is, you know, it's it's a brand in and of itself. People recognize it. They know it's me. Either that or ditch the pitch, right? That's the other thing. I can walk into a room and people will say, hey, ditch the pitch, ditch the pitch, because it's it's something I talk about. But with brand, is so powerful, but it really ties back to what the message is, right? If I said to you, oh, I help people sell cosmetics, like what does that have to do with 30-second success? Right? Or or I do kayaking tricks. What does that have to do with 30-second success? But, you know, the brand message is really about helping people develop their 30-second message for networking and video. And it's like, oh, that's powerful. And other people can repeat that for you. So your brand message the verbal message. has to really connect with everything else you're putting out there verbally, visually, content-wise. They'd ha- they have to be in sync with one another. In order for people to carry it forward for you, it has to be memorable. If you're causing confusion yeah. for the people that are showing up, they go away thinking, oh, that person doesn't know what they're talking about, right? When everything is cohesive and connected, people think, oh, they, they've got it going on. They know what they're talking about. They're the expert in their field. They really understand what it means and they know how to help me.
0: Right. It almost sounds like because I create value propositions for my clients and it almost sounds like a version of that, maybe a more expanded version, because usually a value prop, I just did one for a client and I I give a primary one and a secondary and, and I give them three. And then we talk about strategy on using it. Is it is it similar? Is it the same?
1: Yeah, very similar to value proposition or your mission statement. It's, you know, what do you want to be known for? What is it that what is it that people will come to you for? How do you solve problems? It's it's that brand message that communicates exactly what it is, the purpose of your business. And that, you know, the value proposition is fundamentally the same thing.
0: Yeah, and it what I it brought to mind when you said it should be memorable because there's five criteria that I use to evaluate a value proposition, and that's one of them, and it should be succinct, and it should be all these other things. So it has to be, and it sounds also like what you're saying is you need to be specific. Like people say, you know, and I post about this on LinkedIn all the time, you can't just say you're the best. What does it even mean? Or, you know, we provide superior customer service. Well, why wouldn't you? Whoever says, you know, we have crappy customer service, but buy from us anyway. it's so- <laughs> You know, like how, because I I work with people too, where it's like, let's break that down. So is that part of it too, is being specific with how you can help somebody?
1: Oh, absolutely. Getting rid of all of those fluffy words, right? And really getting to the heart of how you solve people's problems. You know, for me, when I'm working with clients, it's understanding, number one, who your ideal client is. When you have a deep understanding of who your ideal client is, when as you know, how many business owners are afraid to create a niche or really get specific because they're afraid they're going to turn someone else away. But when you start to really create that ideal brand avatar and you really understand on a deep level what, what keeps them awake at night, what keeps them in a, in a state of fear or inability to move forward in their business, and then how do you solve that problem for them? When if in fact you are not the one to solve their problem, then maybe that's the wrong ideal client for you you need to have a good understanding of who your ideal client is so then that you can create that message that speaks specifically to their heart and being very specific, very clear, very concise in how you position yourself as the solution to their problem.
0: Yeah, I always use the example when I was working as a personal trainer and I had a woman, a client who had hurt her shoulder and this was, I was living in Connecticut. And she was going into the city because there was a female doctor that she liked who specialized in shoulders and only for women. Like such a niche. And she was swamped. The woman was so swamped. But you can imagine if you have, you're a woman and you hurt your shoulder. I mean, this is the best person to go to. You're not just going to a shoulder doctor. You're going to somebody who just works on women's shoulders because it's a whole different thing. So, but you talk a lot about creating connection. So, Obviously, it's important, but why is it important? What's like a step that people could take right now to, to work towards creating better connections?
1: Time with the people that are in your network, right? So inviting people to have a virtual conversation. Virtual is the easiest way to connect with a lot of people. Things have changed in the last two years to the point that people have gotten very comfortable showing up for meetings virtually. And it's a huge time saver. But it also still gives you the face to face as opposed to being on a phone call because sometimes you can when you're on a phone call, people are distracted. So when you're face to face with people, it's opportunity number one to to kind of have that eye connection, you know the eye contact, really see them, have a good conversation, and come away. I mean, you can have a great conversation in 20 to 30 minutes and learn more about someone. The biggest thing that I tell people as far as the best way to create connection is ask them about themselves, right? Ask them really. Have really good questions when you show up to a call. I know that, you know, I'm respecting our time. We have about 30 minutes here. I want to learn more about your work. I want to share a little bit about what I do. So why don't we do this? I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and I'm going to ask you to do the same for me. My questions are really focused on learning more about you and how I can help you. So tell me a little bit about your business. Who is it that you're looking to connect with? And how can I make introductions for you? Mm. Very simple. And people appreciate that. Like, we, we're busy people. We don't want to be wasting time. So the first step is always having that conversation. And if you find that it's somebody that you really connect with, before you get off the call, say, you know what? I absolutely love meeting you. I feel like there's so much more you and I could dive into together. Why don't we do this? Why don't we schedule another call? That's great. And do it yeah. before you get off. Real right before you get off, because otherwise... If you don't, you know, you send them it, send them a link. They look at the link and they go, yeah, 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 I'll figure it out later. And it never happens. So well, and it. then you've lost it.
0: Yeah. And so few people do that kind of thing. Because I do connect with a lot of people on LinkedIn. And you're one of the rare ones to the point where, because the last time we talked and you said, here's a couple of people I think you'd, it'd be good to, for you to meet. I was a little bit pleasantly taken back. Like, oh. That's right. That's how this is supposed to work. It would have to forget that. I mean, LinkedIn literally by the name is like, okay, we should be linking with each other. And right. you know, we kind of forget that sometimes as we get wrapped up in the yeah. things.
1: But just last question. So where can people find you and where can they get your book? So the easiest way to find me is to, to either connect with me on LinkedIn at 30 Second Success. I brand my company very well. Just look at 30 Second Success on LinkedIn. You'll find me there. And then my my website is 30secondsuccess.com. And my book is available on most major bookstores, including Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. So easiest way to, to get that would be go to go online and look for it.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, Laura. This has been such a great conversation. I plan on taking action on everything you said that <laughs> I haven't been doing. So thanks again for your time.
1: Well, I'm happy to be here with you and I love sharing insights. So anytime you have questions, please shout out. I'm, ha- I'm here.
0: Thank you. Okay. So that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.